We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Salute to Knicks Nation. CP from Knicks Van TV here. And today's podcast is brought to you by Scotch Porter men's grooming products as you guys know this is the grooming products that i use for my beard i particularly use their premium beard wash conditioner balm and serum and i just love how it makes my beard feel man it it feels soft it's shiny it's smooth smells great and most importantly they use all natural products and for all Knicks Fan TV, the podcast listeners, you can get free shipping on all orders on $50 or more. And also, they always have sales on their beard collections, so definitely check it out. You're going to want to go to www.scotchporter.com slash hashtag KFTV. That's scotchporter.com slash hashtag KFTV. Peace. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Knicks all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Here we go. Salute to Knicks Nation. Happy Sunday, everybody, wherever you guys are quarantining. We hope that all is well, that you guys are healthy and happy right now. This is another edition of Knicks Post Game Live. We are continuing our NBA Draft Scouting Profile. Today, we're going to be talking about the top five international prospects. And we got a special guest today, Jay Ellis. He's a longtime international scout for the NBA. Used to work for the Portland Trailblazers. Used to work for the Detroit Pistons most recently. And also the Miami Heat. Right now, he writes, he's the director of international scouting for Babcock Hoops and Pro Insights. His name is Jason Filippi. Jason, how you doing, man? Uh, fine, thanks. Happy to be here, guys. Absolutely, man. Well, that first and foremost, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we definitely appreciate you uh, coming on and, and providing some insights. So uh, let, let's get right into into your top five article, man. Let, let's start with Denny Abdiha uh, from Maccabi Tel Aviv. What's been your... Um, thoughts on Denny so far uh, in, in this season? 
Yeah. Well, I, I like Danny a lot. You know, if you look at his numbers, you know, you might not be impressed. But once again, you know, you have to remember that he's playing for, you know, a very strong uh, veteran team, Maccabi Tel Aviv, uh, in the Euro League. Um, his his numbers in the uh, Israeli league are much 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 better. Um, you know, this is in Europe. This is very typical that you know a guy, even though he may be an NBA caliber prospect, he may not get minutes, especially when he's you know young. He you know, was coming uh, off the bench for them, right? If, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he usually comes off the bench. He may start games in the Israeli league, but he started some games in the Euro league recently also. What I'm trying to get to is that he's seen an increase in his minutes, if not his overall numbers since the start of the season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just speaking with people that, you know, are around him, coaches, teammates, uh, opponents for that matter, everybody's, you know, giving me really good positive feedback saying that this kid is good. He's going to keep getting better and he is improving since the start of the season. Uh, You know, he, he always plays hard above all. And that's, you know, a good starting point. But the kid is very skilled, too, and his confidence is growing. Um, his, uh, his role in the offense in Maccabi is uh, also increasing. And, you know, Denny, D- Denny's a combo forward. He's a true combo forward. Ultimately, he'll probably end up playing more as a small, small ball four in the NBA. Mm. Um, but what impresses me most, though, you know, is, are his ball skills. He's a legit 6'9 point forward. You know, mm. he can act as a facilitator. Um, like I said, he's got a, he's got a great feel for the game. And despite his young age, he's very mature, very well polished. And he just has, you know, he just has, like I said, he has a high basketball IQ, you know, he's got a great feel for the game. And, you know, that's what I like about him most that, you know, he's a guy that can make things happen on the court. He doesn't have to score Mm. to be effective because he's a guy that will make hustle plays. And once again, though, he's good with the ball, but, you know, ball in the sense that he's a guy that you know looks to pass first uh, looks to create for teammates mm-hmm. and being so versatile he can fill in wherever needed you know there's a game where you know you need him to score more he'll probably shoot more and score more there's a game where you just need him you know to pass the ball uh, because you know the game plan is to feed the post he'll do that because you know he can he can do a bit of everything um his i guess his one Achilles heel is his Mm -hmm. three-point shooting, Mm -hmm. which obviously, you know, is no small matter. You know, he can make three-point shots, but he's very inconsistent. You know, he only shoots uh, 30-something percent. From what I see here, 37.5% for him from three-point land? 37, yeah, three-point land. But I just have a feeling that he's going to improve his his three-point shooting. And once again, the rest of his the rest of his game is you know uh, is very well well polished. You know, it's it's it, the rest of his game is airtight. That's the just the one thing. Obviously, it's important for him to the NBA to become a better three point shooter because you know that will enable him yeah. you know to create some space for himself to do things with the ball. Which, as I said, his biggest strength is to be able to do things with the ball, mm-hmm. uh, not just scoring. I've made a comparison which may sound blasphemous and mm-hmm. I certainly would not want to put pressure on the kid, but he actually reminds me of a, of a forward version of uh, Luka Doncic. I know that's, oh, you know, really? a, a hey. tough, a big comparison to make, yes. but in the sense that he has a comparable thrill for the game, mm-hmm. he makes, he sees things before they happen. Like Doncic does, obviously mm-hmm. he's not going to be a primary ball handler. Like Doncic is for the Mavs. Uh, and he'll play probably end up being more of a four than a three. But uh, my point is, though, that he has 
that ability to facilitate. Yeah, and, you know, and he's definitely the most polished, despite being only 18 still, he's definitely yeah. the most polished European prospect outside of Luka Doncic in the last couple of years. That doesn't mean he's going to be Doncic good. That doesn't mean he's going to be better than all the other non guys, not named Luka Doncic, mm-hmm. but he has this, the versatility and the all round game of, you know, a high, high level player. Yeah. I, 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 I think, I think that's what jumps off the charts to me is um, his overall awareness and his IQ out there in the court. Um, seems like you said to anticipate plays very well. Uh, six, nine JLs averages 12 yeah. and six mm-hmm. um, can run the break. You know, I, I look, when I look at all these guys, I, th- I, I envision them in a Nick uniform and what they can do to help this team. I, I think, you know, obviously having a guy that can run the break, an extra facilitator out there, uh, 37% from three years, it's, it's a little below, what is it, average or a little below average? Well, it's, I'd say it's below average, but yeah. once again, you know, you got to hope that he's going to improve there because that's been, you know, his his MO. You know, he's improved in every aspect of his game, even his three-point shooting for that matter, which admittedly was, you know, even worse last year. He's, hmm. uh, like I said, you know, he's uh, improving virtually everything, you know, in his game, and he probably still has margins for improvement and uh, – you know, he can do a bit of everything. Obviously, the Luka Doncic comparison, you know, is uh, a very tough comparison. Ultimately, I think in the NBA, he'll probably more of a either a Danilo Gallinari type player if his shot improves, or perhaps mm-hmm. Nemanja Bjelica. Uh, reminds me a lot. Gallinari of was one yeah. that I thought uh, Jails. The comparisons were fairly similar. What do you think, Jails? Uh, I'm gonna say he's 27. percent I'm looking at 27% from, from three as of now. Mm. Uh, 37% is actually pretty pretty damn good. But, um, yeah, the, the little clips I've, I've seen of him, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Danilo. But a little Gallo, a little more athletic, but a, a, little, yeah. a little Gallo out there for sure. Maybe a little bit more better defensively, though. How is his defense overall? Yeah, uh, actually, his defense is pretty good. Like I said, this is a really tough competitor uh, mm-hmm. he plays hard you know on both sides of the court and obviously you know going to the season uh you know people speculate you know there are a lot of there are a lot of other you know big combo forwards in europe who end up having decent nba careers but were initially projected as being more of threes but end up being more of foremen by default mm-hmm. because they just can't cover the wing position mm-hmm. i have to say that thus far he's played a lot more at the three than he has at the four in Europe. I know mm-hmm. it's not the same thing as having to handle an NBA wing, mm-hmm. but he's done a very good job, much better than I expected, guarding the three spots uh, in the EuroLeague. And he's faced, like I said, a lot of, you know, good former NBA players at the wing spot. So I think that, you know, he has a chance. And once again, he's so versatile, you know, uh, he can, I, I think he'll end up playing a little bit of both. Perhaps he'll be more of a four, but I think that he'll be able to handle at least in short stretches uh, defending um, the the wing spot at the NBA level. At least that's what I hope. Well, one of the things when I was researching and one of the things that I was surprised to hear that he says um, he likes to do a lot is playing the post. Uh, and, and that's one of the things, one of the few things that I th- thought the Knicks did fairly well this season was trying to uh, take advantage of the mismatches using their size. Obviously, they have a heavy front court uh, using R.J. Barrett in that regard as well, given, you know, his depth of shooting. What did you see from Denny in the, in the post this season? Uh, Denny's a guy that, you know, he's good at feeding the post and he's good at playing in the post. You know, at the junior level, obviously, he would use his size to manage to post up. 
uh, players. Uh, he would always be he would always be able to find favorable mismatches. Um, once again, going back to his high basketball IQ and good feel for the game. Um, and at the pro level, you know, he does the same. You know, he uh, he'll take advantage of mismatches when he has them. Um, you know, he'll post up smaller players or go one on one or uh, from the perimeter if he's guarded by a taller player. And once again, he's, like I said, he's very unselfish. He's got, you know, he's good with the ball and he's very good at feeding the post when he's not playing the post himself. Mm -hmm. So he's a good interior passer. And I think that, you know, a team like the Knicks with their current roster that has kind of old fashioned stationary big men that need to be fed the ball. I think that Denny would definitely help the, the current Knicks roster in that aspect. Definitely got his like his flexibility for sure. Um, yeah. JL, so you have any other questions on Denny before we move to the next one? Um, no, that's it. I mean, how likely do you feel? I guess the shooting is my biggest worry from Denny, but I like his game overall. Do you? I guess I guess you kind of covered that already about his improvement from three point. You think that's you think that's likely for him? But that's the only thing that's kind of glaring for me. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely makes sense. You know, that's obviously that I think that's going to be the, diff- the difference between him being a starter or just, you know, a guy, a rotation player. If his shot becomes, if he yeah. becomes, a, you know, a 40-plus percent three-point shooter in the long run, regardless of whether or you know, his position, I think that he has a shot as becoming, you know, a long uh, career NBA starter. Uh, if his three-point shot doesn't improve enough, you know, then maybe he'll just be a rotation player. I think that's kind of be the difference maker. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is that, I don't know how high Denny's ceiling is, but he definitely has a high floor. He's too good, too tough a kid, too much of a hard worker to not be able to contribute to yeah. a team. Okay. Yeah. All right. And um, salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP from Knicks Fan TV. My man JL's from Nick Time Show here. This is another episode of our NBA Draft Scouting Report. We have longtime NBA international scout Jason Filippi on the line, checking in all the way, Jails, from Bologna, Italy. Checking in all the way from Italy to give us a lowdown on some of the best prospects uh, internationally in the NBA draft. Um, Jason, how about Killian Hayes? You know, we we had a conversation earlier this week about Killian Hayes uh, with another guest. Where are you? How how do you feel about Killian Hayes' game? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm quite high on Killian Hayes, and I have to say I'm much higher on him now than I was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this kid. Don't get me wrong, but I projected him to be a potential. He was always going to be one of the top, you know, uh, European players of his um, of his you know year uh, of the players that were born in 2000, mm-hmm. um, but. I had him behind, you know, Daniel Vija. I had him behind Teo Maledon. And even though I projected him as a likely first rounder, he was not a lock. And I did not see him necessarily being a lottery pick. Mm. He's probably the player that has, you know, jumped the most, that has improved the most, um, in my in my eyes at least. Mm. Um, like I said, you know, he, he, made a, he, he made an interesting move. You know, he was already getting minutes in the French League in Cholet. Mm-hmm. Cholet, just to keep in mind, is a team that has spawned, you know, a lot of uh, NBA players, mm. uh, including Rudy Gobert and uh, Rodrigue Beauvoir, mm. Michael Jalabal, just to name a few that come off the top of my head. And he was getting already at age 17 um, rotation minutes Mm -hmm. 
Um, but he felt that, you know, it wasn't enough and that he needed to go to a team that would, you know, give him the keys to the offense. Mm-hmm. So he moved to Germany to the team to in the city of Ulm. And well, it turned out his gamble turned out to be a great, a great move mm-hmm. because, you know, the, the team, the coach trusted him from the start. He uh, became a starting point guard pretty much from day one and has been having a much better than expected season, considering that, you know, he is playing in a new country, a uh, new city, mm. uh, and obviously, you know, has new, high, very high expectations and new pressure. So Killian Hayes, definitely a climber. Um, you know, uh, he's a legitimate lottery pick. What I like about Killian, you know, number one, his size. Uh, he's legit 6'5", mm. um, and he's got a great, He's got a great build too. He's already filled out. He's very strong. Uh, I'd say he's about six five, uh, one ninety five. I think those are realistic measurements for him. Mm-hmm. He's uh, really put together. He's not a blow by freak athlete, but yeah. he's one of those guys that still manages to get from point A to point B pretty easily. Yeah. Certainly you know, uses a step back that, well. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm yeah, sure that'll yeah. help him at the next level as well. Yeah, and like I said, you know, going into the season, you know, he was considered more of a combo guard because he was a he was a scorer. He's he's a, he was a slashing scorer at the junior level. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this year, he's been playing straight point guard, and I have to say that I would see his primary position as a straight point guard. No, not not just not a combo guard, but a straight point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely proven himself. You know, in that capacity, uh, he's shown great poise, great maturity, uh, skyrocketing confidence, you know, both in his playmaking, just his game, his offensive game in general. Um, Killian's a very good slash. He's a good one-on-one player. He's a guy that can create off the dribble both for himself and for others. That's probably, you know, his number one um, NBA strength, you know, just the ability to, Mm -hmm. to, to create you know, off the dribble. He's very unselfish. You know, he looks to pass the ball. Um, he's got, you know, good good court vision. Um, like I said, he's good at both driving and kicking out to the shooters as well as driving and dumping the ball off to to the big men that are coming to the basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as far as his offense goes, uh, like I said, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he just seems to be able to get to wherever he needs to be. Um uh, once again, another guy who's actually not a great shooter either. You know, mm-hmm. you look at his percentage, he barely cracks 30%, which for a guard, you know, especially worrisome. You know, nowadays it's worrisome even for a big man. Yeah. To, but he's shown, he once again, his shot is improving. It's very inconsistent. You know, there may be a game where he's one for five, but, you know, there are games where he's three for four. I'm just saying that. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that's improving. I don't think that, you know, his shot is going to, you know, um, make or break his career because he has many other strengths. And he's shown a knack. This obviously, you know, I've had the privilege of seeing him play a lot. He has a knack, though, despite, you know, his supposedly uh, shaky uh, jump shot. He's shown a knack, though, to being for being able to get a bucket, mm. you know, whether it's off the drive or a jump shot showing an act for him being able to get a bucket whenever he's, his team needs needs it and you know he's he's been known to be very assertive in the in the clutch which for an 18 year old kid once again says a lot about his mental 
his mental toughness. So I'm a big Killian Hayes fan. And, uh, you know, I do think that he's going to be a lottery pick. You know, you could argue that he's, you know, the top point guard in the draft. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but I don't see many other players above him. Perhaps, perhaps LaMelo Ball, but Mm -hmm. uh, that's the only guy that, you know, I wouldn't put Hayes in front of. So. Okay. Okay. Hey, I mean, listen. Knicks are certainly in the in the uh, the market for points. I I think I I would rank them. I would rank Lamelo and Killian right up there, JLs right now. I, obviously, Killian. Well, both neither one of them are shooting the three ball very well. But huh? I mean, in the both in the two of them, you got two fantastic playmakers, and and that's certainly what we need. No, definitely. That's I think that's, you know, the number one position. And, you know, I think everybody would agree, you know, on that. So definitely, you know, a point guard, somebody that can create that can create, you know, uh, good shots uh, for for everybody. And definitely Killian Hayes fits uh, fits the bill. Yeah, I know he can shoot the the cat. I know the the catch and shoot threes doesn't shoot well. I think he's been shooting the step back pretty well though. Yes, yes, that's a good. Yeah, I see you've watched your video. You've watched mm-hmm. your video. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. definitely accurate. You know, his step back move has kind of become you know a staple of his game, and it's definitely helped him. Um, also, just be able to create space, you know, to do to do other things with the ball. And, you know, uh, his, uh, you know, hitting that, you know, step back three has helped his confidence in general, both as a scorer and as a playmaker. So mm-hmm. definitely. Okay, cool. So, but just, and just, just, to, just to clear, cause some people like to compare him to Frank a little bit because like- <laughs> there's a lot of Frank comparisons. Right? Hey, I, I was just joking with Jason about this before we got yeah. on. So, so right. Let him, let, let him, let the people know he's not super passive. I mean, he, ha- I mean, he has, he has passive you know, tendencies, but he's not that level. Can you, can you clear that up or confirm that? I see where you're going. I see where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. I I understand what the night, and I agree. I agree with what you're saying. You know, even though, even though he's kind of, you know, he shows great composure and he's not this, you know, vocal guy who's getting fired up. I think Killian though is a little more calm. I'd say he's number above all more confident in himself than Frank has shown. Mm. uh thus far and also i think that you know he has a more defined position uh actually i think frank is a strength point guard to be honest with you Uh, but i'm not sure the knicks are 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 convinced of that and i I think think that may have hurt uh frank's development uh like i said you know it's it happens i'm not saying you know the knicks uh, you know uh, doing anything wrong necessarily i'm just saying though that they probably need to say listen if you want to play for us you have to do this and that you know Mm -hmm. in the discussion the fact that you know they're moving him around i think may have you know hurt his development definitely hurt his confidence Mm -hmm. and that's you know something that right now i think that you know killian definitely has an advantage that he's coming off you know a breakthrough season so his confidence is sky high and i think he's a straight point guard and I think that, you know, anybody that drafts him would have to do that. You have to play him at that position. Um, so, you know, it's like I said, right now, I'd give Killian an edge okay. over Frank simply because he knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody understands who he is. With Frank, that may not be the case. And even for Frank himself, I don't know if he knows who he is. 
I think he's a straight point guard, though, just because he's a pass-first guy, which is something I've always liked about uh, Frank. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not, you know, he's not just not doesn't have enough of a scoring mentality. He was never a big scorer, even at the junior level. Mm-hmm. No, Killian Hayes was a big-time scorer, never mm-hmm. a great shooter, but a guy that in Europe against his peers, you know, could get to the rim at will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank was never like that, uh, so that you know definitely is a factor to consider. You know, just how they developed, you know, as players, you know, over time, and how that in- perhaps influence affected their um, mentality and their yeah. confidence. And we're and we're talking to Jason Filippi, longtime NBA international scout. Uh, checking in live from Italy. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. This mm-hmm. is another episode of our NBA Draft Scouting Profile. We were talking to Jason about the top international prospects in this year's NBA Draft, something that he knows very well. So, so far we've covered uh, Denny Abdiha, uh, uh, Killian Hayes as well. Um, let's go to let's go to Theo Maladon. Um, Jason, what, what's your thoughts on, on Theo, another another Frenchman? Yeah. Uh, Theo's been, you know, on, uh, on the NBA radar since he was 15 years old. Uh, he's very precocious talent. Uh, I like Theo. In fact, going into the season, I had him um, ahead of Killian Hayes hmm. um, just because um, I think Theo, you know, ha- has a more natural scoring ability. Uh, definitely a better shooter, you know, uh, both as far as both with his pull-up jump shot and from three-point range. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Theo hasn't taken his game perhaps to the next level this far, which is something Killian Hayes has done. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, uh, Theo, uh, you know, he's he had a slow start to the season. He had a shoulder injury. Um, he struggled a bit early in the season, you know, playing in the EuroLeague. This was his first year in the EuroLeague, and even though he got he, you know, he has been getting big minutes. He often starts, um, you know, he, he struggled a bit early in the season. Um, but the past, I'd say the past couple months, you know, I'd say since the new year begun, he's been uh, playing quite well. And I think that, you know, while his draft draft stock did drop early in the season, I think it's going to go back up. Mm. And uh, even though I rank him behind uh, both Denny and uh, Killian, I think that Theo Maladon is going to be closer to the top two than he than he is now. You know, I think he's definitely you know the third the third guy. You know, after those two. Anyways, uh, like I said, he's another guy. You know, who could be labeled as a combo guard also. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I think he's going to be more of a, um, of a of a point guard. Uh, the guy I've compared him to in the past has been um, Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know they're both uh, they're both good shooters. Uh, I describe I've described him as a guy whose whose offense, whose scoring, whose shooting sets up his playmaking and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know he got he's a guy who to get going needs to maybe hit a couple shots and mm-hmm. then he'll look to you know distribute the ball. Uh, he's a guy that's going to create space to penetrate and you know run the pick and roll. Because, you know, he can make, you know, pull up jump shots. Um, so I think that's, you know, a big, a big factor with him. Um, once again, this is kind of a stereotype of French kids mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, definitely Frank has it. Uh, and to some degree, even uh, Killian Hayes has it. You know, he's not this fiery vocal guy out on the court. And, you know, 
sometimes when you're in a point guard, you want to see your point guard, you know, be mm -hmm. more emotional yeah. because that implies that he's going to be telling guys, you know, what to do. But you have to understand, though, that, you know, sometimes, you know, it's a stereotype, but there's truth to it. French guys seem to be that way, you know, more often than not. Mm. And once again, you know, this kid's been playing. He, he's very mature and polished and confident in himself, but he's a guy that's been playing with older guys since he was 15. So he's kind of had this, you know, ingrown natural instinct to defer out of respect mm. to the older guys. So that's kind of why you know, he's kind of afraid of, you know, stepping on the veterans uh, toes. But uh, at the junior level, he was a go to guy. And I think that, you know, once he gets the green light from the coach that, you know, he'll, he'll be more aggressive on offense. And he's definitely a good shooter. Like I said, people often compare what, him, not just I'm sorry. What do you have him? Because I, I, I'm not sure if we, if we have the same staff. What do you have him shooting at um, um, statistically, if you have that in front of you? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. Okay. I don't have it in front of me. So, uh, cause I'm seeing, I, I don't know if what I'm seeing is accurate because I'm seeing 28% from three, almost 40 overall, but I, I don't know if that's accurate based on how you. Yeah. It. Uh, like I said, this season stats may be, may be misleading because mm -hmm. you now he was injured for a while. Uh, he definitely struggled to adapt to the higher level competition in the Euro league, mm. but his, uh, his, his career stats, have him being you know closer to 40 percent percent okay and you know, just if you look at his shot if you look at his side uh, he's his shot mechanics are definitely very very fluid he has a mm -hmm. he has a nice looking shot for him and that's definitely not a weak spot for him um and like i said he's got uh, like killian hayes he has a very nice size mm -hmm. he's not as big strength wise doesn't have as big a frame but i think they're comparable heights about six five both of them um which you know will enable him to perhaps you know pay play both uh, uh guard spots i envision maladon maybe being more of a combo than a straight point guard mm -hmm. um he can definitely defend both uh guard positions because you know in addition to having decent size at six five he's got very long arms also um he's got nice wingspan um, what I say about, uh, about Theo Maladon is that he may not, you know, he, he, he may not have a super high ceiling, but he has a very high floor. He has a very high floor. I think he's a safe pick. He's a guy that he's going to probably be a career fringe starter. Mm. Worst case scenario, he'll be a rotation player. Best case scenario, he'll be a starter. Um, perhaps not an all-star, but I think he's, I think he's, I think he's a player. I think he's going to be a good NBA player and have a long career. Uh, so I definitely think that, you know, in the second half of the first round, um, you know, I don't know if he'll be there at 25 for the Knicks, but I definitely think that, you know, he's a guy that's going to go, you know, in the first round, probably top 20. Okay. So to be, to be clear, the difference between him and Killian and why Killian would be higher it's because Killian is more of a natural playmaker. Is that what you're trying to? Is that what you you read that or not? Well, right now he is going through the season. I didn't think that, um, but right now Killian has an edge because he's uh, developed into you know a better point guard, and just because he's on the rise, I think Killian has improved in virtually every aspect of his game. Mm -hmm. um, whereas Theo is kind of plateaued a bit. 
once again, though, he had kind of a rough start to the season. Mm. Uh, the past couple months, I'd say since mid-January, though, he's been playing he's been playing much, much better with much more confidence, both as a scorer and as a playmaker. So I'd say I do give Killian Hayes an edge because he's been a better playmaker thus far. That's probably the main thing. And just because he's playing with more confidence, okay. you know, and he has a bigger role on his team, you know, it's uh, Maladon. He's playing with a veteran team that has a bunch of other point guards. So, you know, if he's not getting it done, you know, the coach has got plenty of alternatives. Whereas uh, Ulm really took a big, big gamble on, uh, on Killian Hayes and, the gamble's paid off, you know, for everybody there. All right. All right. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We're talking to Jason Filippi, a uh, longtime NBA scout, uh, formerly of the Portland Trailblazers, Detroit Pistons, and the Miami Heat. And we're going over some of his top international prospects in this year's NBA draft. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, we will take calls after this. If you guys are interested, 657 uh, mm-hmm. So you guys can call in. The lines are up. Um, Jason, how about Alexei Pukusevsky at a uh, place for the Olympiacos? What's your thoughts on him? Yeah, well, this kid, like I said, he's, uh, he's all upside. Uh, he's kind of the X factor in this draft. If you, if you may, he's, uh, the ultimate sleeper pick. Um, it's like I said, it's not, it's not uncommon, you know, for, you know, young NBA prospects to not get much, uh, playing time. Uh, but obviously this is an extreme case because Alexei practically never plays for Olympiacos. He practices with them. He has suited up for a couple EuroLeague games, but he's literally played only a handful of minutes. Mm. He does play for their second division team where he puts up good numbers, but obviously, you know, that's uh, not why he's being considered, you know, a potential first round guy. This kid is all about potential, all about upside. Um, He's a legit seven footer. Um, who's a face, the basket player. Um, he's, uh, like I said, he's a kid that can shoot it. He's definitely the best shooter. Well, maybe Maladon's a better shooter, but Pokusevsky is right up there. Um, he's a big, uh, he's the prototypical, you know, stretch big man. Uh, he's a kid that can face up. He can put the ball on deck and he can shoot it. Okay. Um, I wouldn't want to limit, limit him though to being just, you know, this, you know, big, stuff that you know uh, who's afraid of contact and you know, only shoots three pointers this kid is very mobile and agile and has very good ball skills mm. he's not just a seven footer that can you know uh, help spread the floor because he can shoot it he can really put the ball on deck too and uh you know make plays he's a very good passer from the high post uh a uh, very good interior passer, big to big. Uh, this kid has a really good feel for the game. Uh, the thing about him, and if you look at any highlights, you'll see it. He's seven feet, super long, but he's super skinny mm-hmm. and super thin. You know, mm-hmm. but he's, he's thin everywhere. Mm-hmm. And this is obviously, you know, a, a factor, you know, that's hindering his development. You know, it's not that he won't be able to get on an NBA court anytime soon. He struggles to get on court at the pro level, even in Europe. Yeah. Um, so, so do you think this is this is is this like a stash pick for for a team or, uh, or just a long term project? I think I think he's a stash pick. I mean, I think he's mm. you know he needs time, but he's definitely more than a long term project. I mean, this kid mm. is potentially elite talent. It's just that it's weak body. 
mm-hmm. is, you know, limiting his opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, on paper, you know, he's definitely would be a great guy to stash in Europe for whoever drafts, drafts him, even though, you know, uh, word on the street is that, you know, he, uh, if he, if he puts his name and stays and gets drafted in the first round, he'll come over right away because his agents may feel that he's going to get the physical training mm. that yeah. he needs. Get him you know, a little Boston uh, market, come, Jails. Get him, get get him some rotisserie chicken, you know, a little, uh, a little, <laughs> get some push-ups. <laughs> <Get some push-ups. laughs> no, <don't. laughs> exactly. No, exactly. So, you know, I, on one hand, he's not ready to get on an NBA floor yet, but it might, though, be a better a better thing for him to come over sooner than later so mm-hmm. he can start training with an NBA physical trainer. Obviously, he'll probably have to spend time in the G League. But like I said, you don't see many seven-footers anywhere in the world that are this mobile and agile and uh, with such good overall skills. Like I said, he's not just a big boy that can shoot three-point shots. He can't mm-hmm. put that reminds you of King. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we, we, we <laughs> used to have a guy. His name was Christoph Porzingis, but, you know. <laughs> We, I well, guess, we can't talk about him in this town. Can't talk about, you can't yeah, him. yeah. Well, I was going to mention, I was going to make that comparison. So, Kristaps, obviously, Kristaps, at this age, was a better player because even though he was skinny, he was a little sturdier, if you may, a little stronger. But I remember Kristaps when he was a little younger, like you know, sixteen, perhaps. Mm-hmm. He was rail thin, and he got pushed around even at the youth levels. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, uh, like I said, I. I, I would give give such a talented kid like Pokusevsky the benefit of the doubt that, you know, once he manages to put, you know, a little bit of muscle on his body and learn, just learn how to take, you know, contact better, that he's going to be able to, you know, showcase his talents even at the NBA level. So this is a kid, like I said, uh, he, he's a guy that can go anywhere at the end of the end of the first round. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, there for the Knicks, but uh, at 25, but uh, definitely he's a guy that will go, you know, by by the time the the first round is done, just because there's uh, there's too much potential to not take a gamble on this kid. Well, well it looks like he's a better passer. I, I like the little skip, the little yeah top step he did with the, into the pass. I like that. How about his pick and roll defense? I don't know if there's any intel on that because he's seven foot in the NBA. It's, it's great to have a yeah. guy who can. Yeah. You know, uh, like I said, there's very little, uh, you know, very little, you know, footage to see him at the pro level. But, you know, uh, I saw him play in the preseason uh, in the preseason tournament back in September uh, when a bunch of veteran guys were out. So he actually did get to play, you know, some real minutes in that context. Mm -hmm. And I thought that he actually moved his feet quite well. He had more trouble, obviously, defending the low post because of his weak body. Right. But as far as mobility and, uh, you know, lateral movement, I thought he was okay. I don't think mm-hmm. that'll be, you know, a problem. It'll be just, you know, the, being able to hold position in a low post, which is something he can't do right now. But his uh, lateral movement is okay, good enough. Okay. Okay. Uh, and the, the fifth person on your list, you have Leandro Balmero. Uh, what do you think about Leandro Balmero? Leandro Balmero, like I said, like Pokuzevsky, you know, like the, the first three guys that we talked about, you know, Maladon, Hayes, and Abdija are guys that are getting big minutes and have, you know, solidified their statuses as uh, first-round locks, if not lottery picks. 
Pokusevsky and Bomaro are guys that were not considered first rounders going into the season. Um, but, you know, because of their potential and, you know, obviously as scouts, you know, we, we go to, you know, see, we have an opportunity to see these guys in practice at times, or, you know, we have seen them play maybe at the junior level. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even though this may not necessarily translate to the pro level, we have an idea of what a guy can do. Mm -hmm. And in the case of Pokusevsky and also Bolmaro, a lot of what they can do should translate well, even to higher levels of competition. Uh, Bolmaro, he's, he's, he's got great size. He's a combo guard. Uh, he was always more of a scorer at the junior level, uh, but he showed, you know, un, like I said, um, very impressive playmaking skills this year. At least I did not consider him going into this season as much of a playmaker, mm. uh, let alone a combo guard. I just considered him to be, you know, a talented international wing player, you know, with good length and good ball skills. We needed to improve his jump shot, you know, uh, like a lot of other young kids. But um, he's uh, proved himself playing, you know, uh, for the Barcelona Satellite uh, minor league team. Uh, he hasn't gotten many minutes at the pro level. Mm -hmm. But when he did play minutes, he always seemed to do something noteworthy, whether it was a great pass, uh, whether it was a hustle play, diving to the floor for a loose ball, or just making, you know, an impressive bucket, you know, taking it to the rim against uh, – uh, seven footer and being able to finish with contact. Uh, he's always shown something impressive, even in limited time. And at the junior level and playing in the Spanish second division, you know, he's been, he's been a dominant player. And like I said, you know, he's a true combo guard, you know, obviously here, I don't think he's a straight playmaker, but he has value as a guy who has legitimate chance to play both positions. He has the size. He's a very good athlete. Uh, he's got strong legs. He can defend both positions, in my opinion. Um, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a fun player to watch. I think that, you know, uh, Madison Square Garden crowd will fall in love with this kid because, you know, on one hand, he plays, he plays hard, and you can see that. He's really competitive. Um, and on the other hand, you know, he just has this knack for making, you know, uh, spectacular plays. Like I said, whether it's, you know uh, – wild acrobatic finish in traffic or some, you know, no look bounce past to the big man cutting to the rim. Um, he's being hailed as a next Ginobili, you know, Ginobili was one of my favorite players, uh, international players of all time. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be Ginobili good, but he does have the intangibles that remind me of mm. Ginobili, mm. you know, just that ability to just improvise things and um, I think that, you know, the intel on him and just, you know, the buzz I'm getting from, you know, other other scouts is that somebody's going to take a chance on this kid in the uh, in the first round. Wow. So so we're looking at late first round, early second. Yeah, definitely, okay. definitely. But I I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the first round. So that's kind of the buzz on him. You know, he's one of those guys that a lot of people are making the, the trip to see him play even a minor league game. You know, NBA GMs, uh, to be more specific, have gone to see him play minor league games in Spain because he wasn't getting enough minutes at the pro level. And everybody came back pretty impressed is the feedback I'm getting. Hmm. Good stuff. So. <laughs> the highlights are impressive, not going to lie. That little, that half-court pass, bounce pass right into the hands of the spin move. With the whip yeah. Pass. 
They're right there. That looks. Yeah, awesome. I saw I saw that game. So <laughs> I saw that live. But yeah, it's even more impressive when you see a, a replay, video replay, though. Shooting. How's shooting? Yeah, how's a shooter? Uh, yeah, he's not a great shooter. Boy, this seems to be the thing, you know, though. <laughs> well, we were shooting. We need shooting. We were shooting. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's say perfect. Everybody's perfect for the Knicks, right? Everybody's yeah. Perfect for the Knicks. We'll fit in. But yeah, he's not he's not a great shooter, uh, once again, but the rest of his game is uh so good that you have to think that, you know. If he keeps working, which we we know by his intel, he's a super hard worker. Mm-hmm. That you know his shot is going to improve enough to complement the rest of his all-around game. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, you know, it's uh, no nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect in this group, but these are guys that have that special something that you know. I've been working as an NBA scout for twenty years, and you learn to you know look things that go beyond numbers and you know obvious things like is he a shooter or is he not a shooter yeah certain intangibles look for translate fit. well translate well and certain specific skills you know being able to create off the dribble right. will ultimately help you know perfect example would be killian hayes you know his you know the, the little step back that he's developed has you know helped him improve his three-point shot and created more space mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised that bull Morrow follows the follows the same path and develops perhaps a uh, step back move himself. Uh, so sometimes JLs, these are the type of players that just make those winning plays for you, man. They, these, yeah, are, no. these, are, these are the Spurs type players that, uh, you know, sometimes you don't see them coming and they come in and they fit that role. Well, you just, well, you yeah, just never know, man. Yeah. I mean, definitely have, I'll do more, look, look at more, some more stuff on him, but yeah. The way he's describing him and just looking at the tape, he, he pops off the, the highlight screen, that's for sure. <laughs> for sure. Like said, in, in the open court, he's an NBA player. In the half-court game... Needs work. He needs work. He yeah. needs work, but, you know, the the, the, the the talent is there. And once again, you know, that uh, the intangibles uh, are there. So okay. I think that, you know, at 25, he would not be a stretch uh, to, to, take a, to take a chance on. Okay. okay and salute to everybody in the chat once again hit that thumbs up button for you boys this is another episode of our nba draft prospect scouting report today we have jason filippione he's a longtime nba international scout giving us some of his um prospects to look for phone lines are up if you guys want to call in 657-383-1509 you can call up ask jason any questions on any um other prospects who we may not have covered in depth uh, feel free to call in and and uh, ask Jason his opinion. Um, Jason, real quick, it, you know you, you've been a scout and working for um, three NBA teams thus far, twenty years in the game. What is it like working in an NBA war room on draft night? Like, take take the fans into what whatever you know you um you can whatever you can share. Take the fans into what it's like you know being in a war room on draft night. You know, making those decisions. Yeah. Well, I definitely say it's very hectic. It's very hectic because, you know, so many things are going on because, you know, obviously, yeah, your main focus is the draft and, you know, uh, your, the picks you have and who you're going to take, but you're always considering other scenarios because there's always some possible, you know, trade scenario that's Mm. out there. Sometimes you go into draft day wanting to make a trade, but you don't. Sometimes you go into draft day with no plans to make any trades, 
but you end up making, you know, a major, you know, uh, a major trade. You know, it's you, you never know. I've been in situations where, you know, we had multiple picks, both in the first and second round. So, you know, we were obviously, you know, looking at tons of players. But then we made a trade and we only used two of those four picks. Mm-hmm. I've been scenarios where we had zero picks, but we still had to be prepared because you never know what happens. And it happened that, you know, we ended up buying or trading for two picks um, in one draft. So, we, you know, what I'm trying to say is that you never know what's going to happen. You know, you may have pick 12 and uh, 42, but you got to know every guy at least up to over 42 and have that down very precisely, you know, ranking every, every possible guy from not just one to 42, but for one to one to 60 for that matter, because you never know what's going to happen during the draft day that, you know, you may be swapping picks. So all of a sudden, you know, you were looking at, okay, you know, we've got uh, only our one first round pick at number 12. So you only look at 12 guys. No, you got to know, 50 60 guys because you may end up you know having a later second round pick uh i worked for the portland trailblazers for many years Mm -hmm. and um the uh the former owner the late paul allen um who was like i said you know really invested and passionate about the portland trailblazers he would often you know want to buy a second round draft pick you know Mm. and so we always find ourselves you know i remember from day one you know my boss was telling me guys remember you know in the second round we have to be prepared because you know the owner's very uh, aggressive and ambitious and he's a good guy he was not afraid to to spend his uh, his assets and acquiring picks so you know we have number 42 now but we may end up buying number 50 so we need to know that many players you know going in and then there are always contingency plans because, you know, something may change where you say, okay, you know, we want a guy that can contribute right away, but maybe a trade is going to be made, a swap is going to be made with picks, and you say, okay, guys, we've changed the game plan. With number 25, we want a guy that we're going to have to send to Europe because with the new trade we're making, we're going to have, you know, more contracts. We won't have room to sign him. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, the, the order you had five minutes before doesn't count. And suddenly maybe you're just looking at the European guys. So, okay. Let's re-rank the European guys. They're potentially international players. Who are we going to stash? And, you know, it'll come down eventually. Who's the first guy on the list that's still available when you have your pick, but that's really, you know, the, the nature of it. You have to be prepared for anything. I've been in some, like I said, situations where we went into the day expecting one thing and the exact opposite played out. But I'm happy to say we were always well prepared. That's good stuff, man. Certainly a lot of flexibility needed. Yeah. Expect the unexpected, JLS. But but like mm-hmm. Jason said, you gotta you gotta have your homework down and, and and know what these guys are about because at any minute your situation can change. Yep. No, exactly. You know, being the international scout, I was mm-hmm. often called into the forefront, uh, at least especially in the second round, mm-hmm. because of situations like this. Like, listen, hey, we're swapping uh, 38 with 42, mm-hmm. or we just acquired in trade, you know, uh, a pick, or the owner wants to buy a second, uh, another second round pick. You know, who would you stash, you know, of the mm-hmm. remaining international guys? And I'd say, well, this guy, you know, is not ready but he's got huge potential. So let's, you know, let's, you know, push on selecting him. 
uh, like I said, you got to be ready for everything. Cool, man. We're, once again, we're talking to Jason Filippi, longtime NBA international scout, checking in from Bologna, Italy, Jay Ellis. We just yeah. covered um, some of his top international prospects from the NBA draft, so make sure you guys hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, one of my mods, TM, if you can put Jason's Twitter handle uh, and link to his Twitter profile in the chat as well, um, so people can make sure that they follow Jason on Twitter. We got a call coming in. Um, let's go to Big Slim from the Bronx. He wants to talk about some of the international prospects. Uh, Slim, how you feeling, man? Hello? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you, bro. Loud hey, and clear, CP. man. What's happening? How you doing? Can you hear me? Loud and clear, bro. Go ahead. I'm all as well to yourself. Pretty good. Shout out to you in the chat, man, and, and Jay Ellis. Thank you, man. Um, I'm a, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller, but... Uh, I have an international prospect I would like to ask the um, analysts about. Mm-hmm. I would like to ask him, do he know anything about um, Mike Smith from Milano, point guard? Who? Mike that? Smith? Mike? Did you say Mike Smith or Mike James? Yeah, Mike, Mike James. I'm sorry, Mike James. And where does he play for? Who does he play for? Oh, Mike James. Mike, well, I was he talking about a veteran Milano, player. Euro League. Yeah, we're okay. talking about a veteran player here, though. Um yeah, Mike James, you know, he played for Milano last year. This year he's playing for CSKA Moscow. Uh, he's been the – he was the leading scorer of the EuroLeague last year. Um, obviously, you know, he's, he, he, he briefly played in the NBA. I believe it was for Phoenix a couple years ago. Um, he's an elite shooter, um, perhaps an undersized shooting guard, but – he could probably play in some capacity as a scoring point guard. You know, like I said, he's been one of the leading scorers in the EuroLeague for the past uh, uh, couple seasons. Um, I know that Rick Pitino was recently quoted as saying that, in his opinion, Mike James is an NBA player and should be in the league. So, you know, he's definitely a guy that, you know, with his shooting, he's got big-time NBA three-point shooting range. I mean, he, this is he, – he has Steph Curry – you know, shooting range. I mean, he shoots it from wow. the logo, as they say. Okay. Um, so he's definitely a guy that in today's long ball, you know, uh, NBA uh, definitely, you know, has a chance despite being more of an undersized shooting guard than a playmaker. Interesting. Mike James plays for Milano. Uh, appreciate the call, Slim. You have another question or are you good? No, I'm good. I thank you so much, man. All right, uh, CP, man. Welcome. God bless you in the chat, man, and everybody out there, man, that's going through what we're going through. Be safe, man. Be safe. Thanks for the call, Slim. I think he's trying to get Mike James to the NBA. I, mean, I, 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 I thought I thought it was the old Mike James. I was going to say that Mike James is coming and coming gone. He's a, he's a New York native too, uh, JLs. That that Mike James. Um, yeah. Jason, somebody asked in the chat about Borisma. I'm looking for the last name here. Yeah. Oh, Borisa, Borisa Simanic. S- S- yeah. Simanic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Simanic. Yeah. This is definitely, you know, an interesting, an interesting prospect. Uh, he's draft eligible this year. He's from Serbia. Uh, Borisa Simanic. Um, he's a guy that three, four years ago, he was considered a first round lock possible lottery pick can't miss Mm. prospect you know he uh he's a prototypical stretch four man modern stretch four man uh he's got you know great uh he's got uh, great size and length 
Uh, he can shoot it. He's this guy's a legitimate, you know, 40. I think he shoots about 45% from three point range. So he definitely fits the bill of a um, stretch uh, big man of a spread four uh, at the NBA level. Uh, why is he, you know, kind of, you know, suddenly his draft stock dropped? Well, he's a guy that, you know, struggled to get minutes at the pro level. Like I said, he's draft eligible. So four years ago, when he was first, you know, came on the radar, he was considered, you know, a Cantonist prospect. But, you know, struggled to get minutes at the pro level, not just four years ago, but the year after that, the year after that. Mm-hmm. He finally did start to get more regular minutes this past season and has actually played pretty well. But his draft stock has really dropped um he's kind of you know the 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 word on the street is that he's kind of soft mentally contact he obviously he fits that negative stereotype of the soft euro guy that's skilled but you know he's not very tough that said though my personal take is that i would still take a look at him in the late second round i mean if i was working for a team an nba team this year I would tell my guys, hey, you know, if he's there at 55, I'd take him. Take him and if try to coach goes, him up. Yeah. If he goes undrafted, the minute the draft is over, I'm calling his agent, inviting him to summer league, if mm. at least. 48% from three. You'd have to. 48% yeah. from three is what yeah. I'm seeing, Jules. Yeah. 48% from three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you might no, have this to. Kid, this kid can really shoot it. And don't be fooled by his, you know, limited number of attempts. His per minute numbers are very high. Mm. You know, he shoots a, a good quantity. His his percentage is legitimate. And I'd like to call you know, Simonich is what I would define as you know a potential case of over scouting. Mm. You know, sometimes scouts and it's human nature. You know, you tend to develop opinions of somebody and then you are reluctant to change it. You know, it's human nature. Um, I've been guilty of this, you know, um, you know, as a scout more than once. Mm-hmm. I think Simonic, even though his stock has really dropped, I think he's still worth a gamble with a late second round pick. And like I said, definitely worth considering, you know, as a free agent, if he's a gun drafted, mm-hmm. because like I said, when you over scout a guy after a while, you tend to only dwell on his shortcomings Oh, he hasn't improved, or you know, he's got a weak body. Oh, he's very tough. He's you know doesn't like contact. And sometimes, even though those things negatives may be true, you may be suddenly forgetting though that he also has a lot of good qualities. In this case, great size, length, good athleticism, and specifically ability to shoot the NBA three ball. So you know, like I said, I I think that you know as a scout that you know the right the right way to go about this is to not dwell too much on his shortcomings, but to refocus on this kid's strengths because there definitely is something there. Like I said, tall, long, athletic, and he can shoot it. So he's definitely a guy that, you know, could go from being overrated to underrated, you know? Mm. So I, I think he's a guy, I think you're going to hear his name, maybe not on draft night, but, I think that you'll be seeing a guy like uh, Boris Asimovic on an NBA floor at some time in his career. All right. I mean, I don't like I don't like the non mentally tough star because we had a, a share of that. Yeah, we yeah we got a fair share of those. Well, listen, man, for 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 a second round flyer or undrafted flyer, why not, man? If you shoot shooting that well from three, 
um, you know, I, I would definitely take a chance. For sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, Jails. So uh, I have a question from, from Alex. He wants to ask about Usman Garuba from Real Madrid. Uh, Usman Garuba, he's an interesting future prospect. Now, he's 17 years old only. He's not eligible to put his name in this draft. Mm. He will only be eligible to put it in starting 2021. So not this year's draft, but next year's draft. But he's uh, definitely, you know, a legit NBA prospect. You know, uh, a lot of people already have labeled him, you know, as uh, potentially lottery pick in the 2021 NBA draft. Hmm. Um, I don't know if, you know, he's a lottery pick, but I, he's definitely, in my opinion, a first round, uh, guy for, uh, the 2021 draft. Uh, he's already getting big minutes with Real Madrid. Now he's definitely not Luka Doncic. You know, he's more of a small ball, big man, hmm. but he's guy has got an elite motor. He's a good athlete, high, high intensity defender, uh, very versatile. You know, he kind of fits the mold. You know, today in today's NBA, you have to be able to play small lineups. Yeah. Your front court players have to be able to switch and contain for extended stretches smaller players. This guy has that physical ability. You know, he's long and athletic, uh, and just you know has a great, great motor. So we'll be hearing his name. You know, in the 2020, you know, in the eve of the 2021 uh, draft. Okay. Uh, right, so yeah, he's a name. Name to watch for next year. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Usman Garuba from Real Madrid. Okay. Um, one more for you. How about Artur Zagars from Latvia? Uh, Artur Zagars. Yeah. Interesting, interesting prospect. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy, you know, who two years ago was kind of the uh, darling of the um, international scouting world because uh, he was, you know, the top, maybe not the top prospect but perhaps the top player at that year's at that summer's european uh, junior under 18 championship um uh, zagars you know like i said he's uh he's a very talented very talented uh, offensively he's a scoring point guard uh like i said this kid can shoot it this kid can shoot it i know that you know we're, this kid can really shoot it uh what you know has held him back is on one hand, you know, he still hasn't gotten many minutes at the pro level, which I know is not, uh, you know, a deal breaker because, you know, two of the guys that, you know, we talked about earlier in our conversation, you know, Pokusevsky and Bolmaro don't get big minutes, but he uh, has been injured, you know, for uh, most of the past uh, year and a half. Uh, he's kind of like, he's, he's um, like I said, he's very skilled, but He's got kind of a scrawny body. He's probably 6'3". So, you know, he's got the size of a point guard, but he doesn't have a really strong body. He might be injury prone. He's had multiple injuries, not like serious injuries like an ACL, but he's shown a tendency to be injury prone. Mm. And that's kind of stopped him from getting, from being able to make the rotation for his team. He plays for Juventud Badalona in spain uh, he's from latvia but he's been you know playing for the the hoventud badalona team hoventud badalona by the way is the team that um from which rudy fernandez and ricky rubio um came from so it's a team that you know has a uh, has you know past tradition big tradition of producing you know, nba caliber players but anyways uh you know as of today i think zagars is a guy that you know has definitely potential 
uh, because he's a very skilled point guard. You know, he's a very good pick and roll player and he's a very good shooter. But because of his weak body and the fact that that has limited his opportunities at the pro level, he's kind of, you know, uh, the grade on him is kind of incomplete. Um, I, I, I don't think that, you know, it's in his best interest to put his name in the draft and would frankly be surprised if he did. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely a guy that, you know, has some uh, some talent. He has got a great feel for the game, making a shoot and score. Okay. So I just think that he's another guy that maybe 2020 is not his draft year. It may be 2021, even though he is eligible. He put his name in already. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. This sounds, sounds good, man. And once again, salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We are just about to wrap up our episode of the NBA Draft Scouting Profile Jason Filippi has been joining us out in Italy, Bologna, Italy, um, surviving the quarantine, coronavirus, and all of that. Um, Jason, we definitely want to uh, thank you for your time and, and insights. We, we definitely appreciate it. Hopefully, as as uh, the draft gets near, once the lottery is determined, uh, we'll have you back on and, and talk about um, some more definitive looks based, based on where the Knicks are picking. Definitely, definitely it was you know it was great being uh, on the show, and uh, I'd love to I'd love to do it again in the near future. Thank you. Where where, where can um, the fans find find your work and um, get in contact with you? Uh, they can uh, either find either contact me on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, at at Jason Scout is uh, is my nickname, uh, or at Jason Felipe. Actually, no, it's at, at, it's. Uh, no, at, it's at my name, at Jason Filippi, mm-hmm. uh, also on Instagram, at Jason Scout. Or they can uh, read some of my articles on uh, BabcockHoops.com or ProInsight.com. Uh, either of these uh, two websites, you know, feature my work and uh, as well as, you know, uh, being on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. All right, sounds good, and we're we're throwing those links in the chat right now. We'll also throw it in the uh, in the video comment so that people can find you, Jason. Thanks again. Um, mm-hmm. Be safe, and, and we'll talk okay, soon. Okay, thank thanks you. Okay, bye bye, guys. Thanks. All right, take care, man. Bye. All right, that was um, Jason Filippi, J. Ellis. Uh, it's a longtime international scout. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We definitely appreciate it. And, and so we talked uh, Denny Avija. We talked Killian mm-hmm. Hayes. We talked uh, Leandro Palmero. We talked um, Alexei Pukusevsky. Sales. We job. talked a little Theo Maladon. We talked um, uh, Zag- Artur Zagos. And we also talked about Borisa Simenchik. Mm. So, you know, listen, so definitely some, some, some names to, to take note of. Uh, obviously, we're, we're looking for more shooters. Um, yeah. Alexei certainly fits the bill, but obviously he seems like a guy that, that's going to lead a, a lot more development. Uh, yeah. Certainly needs to bulk up first and foremost, and, and then we can, we can see. But listen, we have the 25th pick in the draft. We're going to have a second-round pick. We don't yeah. know where we're picking in the lottery. We can be anywhere between one and eight. So we got to put all options on the table, bro. All these prospects have to be evaluated because you just never know uh, who could end up in an orange-blue uniform come draft night, bro. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like I, f- I feel like when it comes to the, the, the lottery, me personally, I'm looking at Killian might be the only one I'm kind of looking at for me personally. I don't know how you guys feel. 
me personally. Well, it depends. It depends on where we're looking at. You know, yeah. like I said, we could be anywhere between one and eight. I think in yeah. terms of in terms of who I like so far, I would Absolutely. say I'm going Lamelo. I'm going Killian. I think Obi's the most ready to go right away. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, fit-wise, we need a lot of things, Jails. No doubt about it. We need a lot. I, I'm just saying, talent-wise, who's on my board. We still got to talk about Anthony Edwards. We haven't gotten to Anthony Edwards yet. Yeah. He's certainly somebody who I want to who I want to uh, see and, and talk about. So we're going to get Anthony Edwards. We'll, we'll get somebody to talk about Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Those those are my same, my same sentiments right now. To me, it's LaMelo, Killian, Obi, Edwards. Yeah. Uh, the, this Kira Lewis guy, he's intriguing me a little bit. I, I, I got to do some more homework on Kira Lewis. Yeah, point guard yeah, at at, at very, uh, Alabama. You know, mm-hmm. But those four in my mind right now are the guys. Yeah. I'm like, who I'm I I would prefer. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you just never know, right? Because let's say it's eight, and Rose decides to go best player available. You could be looking at an OB with your first pick, and then mm-hmm. come back. At 25, and maybe you go Theo Maladon, or maybe right. you go, you know, Cassius Winston, Cassius Stanley, or, you know, an, another um, uh, upperclassman from the collegiate level later on in the draft who's ready to ready to uh, compete right now. So there's a, yeah. lot of, a lot of different ways we could look at it. But like I said, everybody has to get evaluated. Absolutely, absolutely. And I agree with you there. I agree with you. Once you get to the, once you get to the later first... Then I think I'm, I might consider some of those guys. So for the top ten yeah. right now, I think I like kind of yeah. that I'm right now. Absolutely. So yeah, so we definitely got to do a show on Anthony Edwards. I want to do a show on some of the top shooters. You know, mm-hmm. we should we should definitely do a show on strictly oh, yeah. shooters um, in this draft. Uh, we'll we'll see if we can get Spencer in anytime soon. But um, yeah, man, good show, Jay Ellis. Appreciate it. Appreciate everybody for watching, uh, Jay Ellis. Let, let me get my closeout theme music on. And um, go ahead and close out, bro. Yes, 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 boy Jealous. If you didn't know, run the Nicky Time Show. Uh, catch episode of the Nicky Time Show on youtube.com slash Time Show. Catch the latest episode. Um, sure, hiatus right now. I'm usually recording right now, but the room is rampant. So I'm trying to trying to set things up so we can record later on. But as of now, no new episode. You definitely check out past episodes, draft. More also follow me on all social media. That's the Nigga Time Show on Twitter. <laughs> Look at my hat, all right? <laughs> also, uh, the, the KOT Show on Twitter, the Nigga Time Show on Instagram, and also follow me on Facebook as well. And also, check out the blog. My guy Ken writing articles for our blog. She's doing a great job. Salute. That is all. Back to you, C. Appreciate it, Jay Ellis. And um, so to everybody that tuned in once again. Uh, big thank you to Jason Philippi for giving us his time and his insights on some of the top international prospects of this year's NBA draft. What did you guys think, man? What did you guys think of some of the guys that we talked about? Leave a comment in the chat. Leave a comment in the video after we go off this live stream. Remember, this show is available in audio podcast format, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, and Stitcher. Please subscribe to those as well if you're a podcast person. If you're an iTunes, Apple podcast person, please leave us a review. It will go a long way in promoting our channel, and that's what we're looking for from you guys. You know, we're going to do our part. We hope that you guys do your part, and that is sharing these videos, liking, subscribing these videos if you choose to. 
And uh, yeah, man, we definitely appreciate all the support. Uh, JL, so you want to shout out on the way out, man? I'll definitely shout out uh, Queen's Place. I know you came a little late, but shout out to Queen's Place. And you can find this and check the rest of that. Shout out to my guy, Alex Collins. Always, always, always. Vibe Shop, Gregory Lee, Tuan Don, RT Joni, and Joni Jonef. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to RT as well. Appreciate it, man. Uh, shout out to Andrew Gay University. Appreciate all the mods. Delano TM. Appreciate it. Dave, much appreciated for throwing all the highlights together. Geraldine, appreciate it as well. Um, everybody be safe out there. T. Williams, I see you. EJ1, thanks a lot. Everybody be safe uh, wherever you guys are at. You know, just we'll make it one day at a time. One day at a time, we'll make it through. And we'll see you guys this week. We'll come back live this week just to chop it up with the fans and uh, make sure everybody's mentally healthy, mentally sane, man. So see you guys this week. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.